0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the 100th episode of Comics and Cinema, the podcast discussing comic books and cinema in all of its forms. I want to advise that this episode will be entirely scripted, as I have some things that I need to be said, and I don't want to mince my words. If I go off script, I will announce it. This episode is a huge milestone for the podcast. For a long time, a lot of people told me that I had a face for radio, that I should have a podcast. And in my head, I was doing it, but in real life, I wasn't. I couldn't get started. One day, with the help of Paul Herman and Sean Gerber from Marvel Studios News, I was inspired to start talking about what I love. But the reason that I never started sooner was because I struggle with starting things. With a podcast, there is no end, right? Hopefully. So, what is the motivation to start? What is the motivation to continue making episodes? I had no idea that I would even make it to 100 episodes, and I can certainly tell you that 100 episodes ago, I was not planning to podcast about what I am going to be podcasting about today. But that is because we, as a country, are faced with something that also doesn't seem to end. And it is also something that a lot of people are having a hard time figuring out how to start something much more serious than a podcast. It's the, si- the systemic issue of police brutality and violence towards people of color, especially black people, along with the hatred and ambivalence of those in power towards black people and people of color. I have been struggling all week, and at times for much longer, in regards to what I can do as a white man to help my fellow humans get the treatment they deserve, I can't fly to D.C. to protest. I really shouldn't even be leaving the house right now because of the pandemic. But this is a pandemic that has been plaguing our country for much longer. It is a virus that has been spreading and incubating in many of our hearts and minds for so long that we don't know it's even there. That is when I realized what I would make the topic of my 100th podcast. Sure, I have a bunch of new and exciting things to share with all of you in regards to what uh, the podcast will look like after this episode, more structure, more involvement, more analysis. My wife and I watched Do the Right Thing last night as I was preparing to make this episode about the movie, as it unfortunately ties so perfectly into what is going on right now. And you know how much I love tie-ins. But this podcast is not going to be dedicated to comics or cinema. Black Lives Matter, and I am dedicating this podcast to them. To all of my loyal listeners, this is not an easy podcast for me to make, and I want to warn you that this is not an easy podcast to listen to. I say that because my entire life I have been told and taught not to rock the boat. If I just behaved, did what I was told, I would get by in life. Don't say anything too controversial, don't talk about politics or religion, especially on a podcast, but the events over the last week have me deciding to make a hard right in regards to those beliefs. I have a strong voice, listened to by thousands, maybe millions, or maybe just 20-40 to dedicated listeners, but I want to use my voice to speak out against what has been happening and what we can do to move forward. I certainly don't have all the answers, and there are people much more powerful than I am that are making some really great strides towards change right now. But I want to preface this advising that these are opinions that I have reached on my own through research, reflection, education, and discussion. I talked about police brutality and the death of George Floyd on the last episode of the podcast, and I used it as a tie-in to other topics that I was discussing for the podcast, because in my mind, I figured that was the best way to discuss it without getting too political. I now realize that I was wrong. For my whole life, and many others, those in power have used the phrase, that's too political, when referring to topics that are uncomfortable to talk about. It's an easy way for people to step, sidestep serious issues they aren't willing to deal with. Truths that are too scary to bring to light. I bet a very small amount of people actually even know what politics or po- being political means. I looked up the definition, and it's this. The activities associated with the governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict among individuals or parties, Having or hoping to achieve power. I'm going to say that one more time. It's the activities associated with the governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict among individuals or parties having or hoping to achieve power. And you better believe that we are going to be discussing this in depth. Because the things that are going on right now, the murder of George Floyd, of Eric Garner, John Crawford, Michael Brown, Azel Ford, Dante Parker, Michelle Cusso, Laquan McDonald, George Mann, Tanisha Anderson, Akai Gurley, Tamir Rice, Romaine Bribson, Jermaine Reed, Matthew Ajibade, Frank Smart, Natasha McKenna, Tony Robinson, Anthony Hill, Maya Hall, Philip White, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, William Chapman, Alexia Christian, Brendan Glenn, Victor Manuel LaRosa, Jonathan Sanders, Freddie Blue, Joseph Mann, Salvador Ellswood, Sandra Bland, Albert Joseph Davis, Darius Stewart, Billy Ray Davis, Samuel DeBose, Michael Sabi, Brian Keith Day, Christian Taylor, Troy Robinson, Assams Farrow Manley, Felix Kumi, Keith Harrison McLeod, Junior Prosper, Lamontez Jones, Patterson Brown, Dominic Hutchinson, Anthony Ashford, Alonzo Smith, Tyree Crawford, India Kager, Levante Briggs, Michael Lee Marshall, Jamar Clark, Richard Perkins, Nathaniel Harris Pickett, Benny Lee Tignor, Miguel Espinal, Michael Noel, Kevin Matthews, Betty Jones, Quintonio Legrier, Keith Childress Jr., Janet Wilson, Randy Nelson, Atrione Scott, Wendell Celestine, David Joseph, Callan Rockwamore, Dajon Perkins, Christopher Davis, Marco Loud, Peter Gaines, Tori Robinson, Darius Robinson, Kevin Hicks, Mary Trujillo, Demarcus Samir, Willie Tillman, Terrill Thomas, Seville Smith, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Terence Crutcher, Paul O'Neill, Altiria Woods, Jordan Edwards, Aaron Bailey, Ronell Foster, Stefan Clark, Antoine Rose, Botham Jean, Pamela Turner, Dominique Clayton, Atatiana Def- Jefferson, Christopher Whitfield, Christopher McCorvey, Eric Reason, Michael Lorenzo Dean, Brianna Taylor, and George Floyd, the murders of all of these, these were not debates between parties having power. Murder is not debate. So maybe you would be saying that they were conflicts among parties having power. No, no, because the victims did not have any power. So this must fall under conflicts among parties hoping to achieve power. That is also false, because none of these victims were trying to achieve power. They were trying to live. They were trying to be treated like equals. These were instances where the current power base was maintaining power or wrongly asserting that power. That means, The discussion around police brutality is not a political issue, so you can use that explanation to anyone who says differently. This is a human problem, and it is also an American problem. But what is so hard for people to understand? Human lives are all the same. We're born, we live, and we die. Why are people who have different skin pigmentations deemed to be less than? People are not born with hate. It is taught at a very young age by fearful parents who think that their lives are in jeopardy. Ironic. There is a psychology behind all of that that is beyond my pay grade. But on this episode, we are going to be talking about a few things that you can hopefully help and do to help you deal with those around you in a more positive and constructive way. Have you ever felt that feeling within you when someone corrects something that you say or do and says you're wrong? It's a really weird feeling. Think back to when you were talking with someone and said something that when they corrected you, maybe you got a little bit agitated or upset, very, very slightly. It's, it's almost like a twinge, like when you get scolded. It is during those times that the human mind either doubles down on whatever that belief was that's being corrected, or it's when they change. And I can tell you, it is so much easier to just retreat back into your group who all share those same beliefs so that they can reinforce you and comfort you, telling you that you were right. What is much harder is taking that uncomfortableness, that agitation, and asking why. Not only asking why, but doing something with the answer. Here are a few examples for you to see what I mean. I am going to use examples I have heard over the last week between myself and family members, on the news, friends, social media. Take note at how these statements make you feel and what your initial reaction is because addressing that is an important first step. I'll also show you how to respond to these messages because while I am not in power, this is how I can use my skills to help others. First I'm going to set the stage. Everybody has just watched the video of George Floyd on the ground with a knee on his neck by a police officer, while three other officers stand by and do nothing. Not only that, but multiple people are filming just a few feet away and shouting for them to stop. Meanwhile, George is barely breathing and is gasping out, I can't breathe, among other things. The video ends with him limp on the sidewalk, presumably dead. Although we will find out later, he did in fact die, and it was by asphyxiation by the police officer. Now, you're talking with friends and family, or you see something on social media about this. Okay, well, we're only seeing one side of the story here. I'd like to see what happened before the camera was turned on. How does this make you feel? What's your reaction? Think about that. Here's a response to that. You're correct. We don't see what happens before. How does that matter? Well, he must have done something to deserve that sort of treatment. How does that make you feel? What's your reaction to that statement? Here's a response. Looks like it was alleged that he used a counterfeit $20 bill. I'm not sure that warrants dying. Here's another response. Based on the context of the video, it doesn't matter what he did. He is an unarmed man on the ground in broad daylight being slowly murdered by a law enforcement officer. What law was he enforcing? All right, maybe the conversation quickly dovetails, as they usually do, and you hear, okay, certainly this doesn't look good, but not all cops are bad. How does that make you feel? And what is your reaction? Here's a response to that. Thank you for pointing out a generality that most people are aware of. Not all cops are bad, just as not all white people are racist, and not all black people are criminals. That does not absolve this one particular cop from murdering George Floyd. Here's another response, albeit a riskier one, so please use with a grain of salt. Not all cops are bad, but the profession does attract a certain type of person, much the same way as many people are inclined to be salesmen or work in IT. Those who felt as if they were bullied at a young age or felt others were getting ahead of them may feel more comfortable getting to carry around a gun and point it at people instead of taking a look inside themselves to change their deeply held beliefs, those beliefs that were passed down by their parents. This is true, generally, as the system shows this type of behavior countrywide for many years, and it's on display, on film, all over the country during these protests. It's a club that exists to serve the current power base and recruits those who feel the same way. Here's a few more for you. All lives matter. Okay, yes, they absolutely do, including And especially black lives right now. This is another terrible detractor to an argument to brush off any blame or call for change. Here's an even worse one. Blue lives matter. First off, no one is blue. If you are referring to the police, their lives are just as important as anyone else's. But when they are continuing to justify their actions in the name of upholding laws, they are wrong. They have the power to take off their uniform and live normal lives. Black people and all people of color cannot do that. This has been happening for a long time. There isn't really much we can do. Wow, you're right. This has been happening for a long time. For centuries. Black people have been dying for centuries. And no one is brave enough to stand up for them and stand with them to make any lasting change. That is why it keeps happening. And by you saying there isn't anything you can do, you're saying you're comfortable where you are right now, living in a society that values some humans less than others because it doesn't affect you. I'll warn you, however, these conversations most people will not want to have. You may be listening to this and wincing a bit, but why is that? What is making you feel this way? Please keep in mind, both sides of these arguments excuse me will make you feel a certain type of way. Just remember, keep the conversation focused on what is happening. This is a trick that many people use to diffuse arguments and shift blame. Dive deeper with me as we attempt to unravel some unconscious bias and start to work on ourselves. Unconscious bias is the idea that we have beliefs about certain things, judgments, or prejudices that are typically unsupported. These beliefs are exactly that. They're things you think are real because you have been told they are, or have witnessed them one time or with one person. I have an unconscious bias against people with babies on airplanes, and I bet many of you do too. When you're flying southwest and are walking down the aisle of the plane, You see an open seat on the right with a woman with no baby, and an open seat on the left with a woman with a baby. Which seat do you sit in? Do you talk to either of them and have them present their cases as to why you should sit with one or the other? Or do you just naturally make a choice and sit next to the person who doesn't have a baby so that they don't cry? That is an unconscious bias, and we have them because life is really hard. Our brain processes thousands, if not millions, of stimuli every single day. Think about it. From the minute you wake up, you have to make decision upon decision to varying degrees of difficulty, what to eat for breakfast, what shirt to wear, what news to read, how to interpret that news, what to do at work, what to watch on TV, how to react to what you're seeing on TV... We naturally, as humans, let our brains sift some of this out for us. It is much easier for our brain to silently handle our breathing, for example, instead of us consciously deciding to breathe every few seconds. It would be impossible. We would go crazy. And thus, it grows. Well, if our brain can do that for us, what else can it do? Have any of you ever driven home from work, listening to this podcast, and pulled up to your place and thought, how did I get here? You drove, duh. But how do you remember how you got home? Often our brain goes on autopilot to save us valuable energy so we can focus on bigger problems. This is human. This is us. All of us. But the problem comes when we let our brains do this for groups of people. That is when it becomes completely wrong. No one should pass blame or prejudice against an entire group of people due to the behavior of one person, or even a small sampling, or worse, something that's told to you on the news or by somebody in power. or And by power, that could be the government or your family. The worst part is that it is preventable for the most part. No one is born with hate. No one is born thinking that they're better than anyone else. It's something that is taught and learned, something that the media pushes constantly and people in power push constantly so that we, as a human race, stay divided and focus on this instead of focusing on those in power and what they are doing wrong. It is incredibly sad, but it is terribly true. So, because of that, many of us grow up with unconscious biases. Tall people are cooler. Fat people don't care about themselves. Black people are dangerous. Asians are good at math. This may not be something you think about every day. It most likely isn't. That's why it's unconscious. But it is the reason you don't look certain people directly in the eye. It's the reason you look down on others. It's the reason that a white person will never be a minority, even if they're the only white person in a room full of people of color. They are taught from a very young age. Oh, Worst of all, it's something ingrained in people of color. It's ingrained in all of us, but it is heavily ingrained in people of color. They are taught from a very young age that they are less. That they shouldn't mess with white people because they will get arrested. That they shouldn't ask white women to leash their dogs because they'll get threatened by the police. They shouldn't wear hoodies because they'll get shot. They shouldn't talk funny because they'll sound unintelligent. It's the same reason that when the police show up to the riot and see the black people who are asking for help, immediately arrest them first. Well, thank God that isn't me you might be saying. Most white people might be saying, "Thank God that I don't have a racist bone in my body." That all I think. I think all people are equal. Why can't we just start fresh right now today? Racism has gotten so much better. It has really come a long way. Look at Obama. A black man was the president of the United States. If that isn't a strong enough message, I don't know what is. How does that make you feel? What is your reaction to that? These are just some of the many things that I heard when I was in school or at home. This can all be reduced down to racism is not a problem anymore because I choose not to see the problem. Sure, you may not have a racist bone in your body, but I promise you everyone probably still has some muscle memory. I promise you if black people can feel the pain of their ancestors and experience that same level of persecution even when they have risen to positions of power like the presidency, then white people are still feeling the privilege and power that their ancestors asserted over people of color a fresh start is not possible. Addressing the centuries of abuse and neglect is the only way to move forward. Racism is a giant wound in the heart of this country that people in power continue to try and cover up with Band-Aids. Every time that another Black person dies at the hands of the police, that Band-Aid is ripped off and that wound is put right back out in the open and they try to put something on it immediately so that it goes away. It needs to be left open. It needs to be addressed so that it can be healed, not swept under the rug as if nothing has happened. So what can we do? The key is to acknowledge those unconscious biases as exactly that. They do not define you. They just define how you behave or think which are both things that you can change. A simple, oop, that's an outdated concept, not sure why I'm still thinking that, or whoo, that seems like an unconscious bias, I don't think I have any evidence to support what I was just thinking, it's so weird, sorry I said that, is a good start. It's not gonna, you know, it's not a billion million dollars going to the right cause, but it is a start. And continuously doing that, anytime those thoughts pop up, that's how you keep going. Also important is trying to catch others in their bias. If something, if someone says something that is even barely racist, pipe up and say, ah, I'm not sure that's exactly true, or are you sure that might be an unconscious bias you're carrying? Uh, or if you know for a fact it isn't true, maybe share some facts and evidence with them and try and educate them. It is something very small. I recognize that and I said it at the beginning of the podcast, I certainly don't have all the answers. But revolutions start with one thing at a time. Start a revolution inside you to be more transparent with yourself. Start a revolution to wake up and see what's going on around you and how far things have fallen. Listen to those around you. Listen to people of color as they cry out for help. And continue that by using your privilege Or power or money to start pushing for change hold yourself and those around you accountable that change needs to start with you but you can also join peaceful protests donate to movements such as black lives matter or the funds for the victims that I listed stand up for those who are being oppressed call and email your local and state officials telling them how you feel and what you want and please please don't forget to vote. More importantly, register to vote. Many states are moving to mail-in ballots for registered voters because of the virus. But it's also because it's amazing. I have been a mail-in ballot person since I started voting. I've been doing it for years and it's it's incredible. It's so easy. You get a ballot in the mail, you fill it out, you either mail it back or you drop it in one of the drop boxes and you're done. No more waiting in long lines. No more worried that the place is going to close. No more worried about getting sick while you're surrounded by all of these people. Uh, And it's crazy because people in power, they're scared of mail-in ballots. They say that it's going to commit to voter fraud, even though there is no evidence to support that. They've openly admitted that this is going to cause them to lose. So let's take their advice and make them lose. That is what we want for real change. But with that said... Please do your research on every single candidate, on every single ballot measure. I do that for every election. It's one of my favorite times of the year, especially if your county or your city sends out a pamphlet for you to read. It's free, it's easy. You don't even have to go Google anything. But if you do, please, I promise that Googling each of the people on the ballot, each of the ballot measures, That is not as hard as what so many people of color face every single day. Please invest yourself in changing the country before it's too late. We are alive during a monumental change. A man was voted into office who has brought about so much disruption and corruption, which has in turn shined a light on so many things that have been going wrong for so many years. Whether that was their plan or not, that's what's happening. And what happens next is up to you, me, and all of us. This is our time to stand up with our fellow humans. To say black lives matter. To say every life matters. George Floyd's life mattered. Breonna Taylor's life mattered. Eric Garner's life mattered. Philando Castile's life mattered. Every single person on that list, every person that isn't on that list over the centuries, their lives mattered. All those who have died for no reason at the hands of the police mattered, and all the victims who are unjustly sacrificed for a cause that has been raging for hundreds of years mattered. Let us stand up so that we can put a stop to these deaths and start moving forward into a world filled with love and progress, For every single person. That is how we heal as a country after all this chaos. By everyone standing together as one people. That is also why the government and media try so hard every day to divide everyone and keep us from standing together so that they can maintain the current power structure. Change is hard. But living in this country the way that we are is even harder. While it may be incredibly hard to start something, When we think there isn't an end, know that there is one, and we are getting closer and closer to it every single day. Thank you for listening. For Comics and Cinema, I'm Alex Klein.